0: this is the Mosaic Church podcast. Mosaic Church is committed to making disciples that discover Christ, connect in Christian community, and serve others and the world. Today's sermon, if I had to give it a name, would be the Ministry of Reconciliation. And I actually just got that from from the section in 2 Corinthians. It, It that section is called the Ministry of Reconciliation. So there was no need to mess with a good thing. You know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But I uh, was challenged by this a couple months ago. I was listening to a podcast and, and they were uh, challenging believers, how do, we, how do we see people? How do we see things? And how do we see institutions, right? Do we see them with the eyes of redemption and reconciliation? And in fact, like the Lord had kind of been working working with that in me, and I'm grateful to have the opportunity to share. But I'm going to start by reading in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 16 through 21, and it says, From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Amen. Deanna, I don't know where she was, Um, but I was so blessed. Uh, You know, Pastor Mario says this and uh, we don't really coordinate worship and and stuff, but I feel like the Lord was just preparing us and, you know, Deanna talking about a new creation and that's a big reason why I wanted her to to read it. I didn't want it to be coming from me because I feel like the Lord is really going to speak to that today. So he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ God, in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting us to the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors of Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God for our sake. He made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Amen. So the history teacher in me, if I can, I try to provide context. Uh, So I was reading um, in my Bible and it was saying that in, in this moment, Paul is writing this second letter to the Corinthians. Uh, the Corinthians have actually been in open rebellion against Paul. So he writes the first one, uh, and then a lot of people repent, right? And then there's still a small minority of people who are still within the church in Corinth kind of uh, in rebellion against Paul and the message of the gospel. And I think that's important to understand because Paul is living out what I think that the Lord wants to challenge us today with. So I want to go back to kind of... uh, that section, and right away we see that Paul is speaking a lot of truth uh, to the Corinthians here. And remember, he's speaking this truth to people that are in rebellion against him. In verse 17, he says uh, he is a new creation. He goes on to say in verse 17, the old has passed away. In verse 18, he says we have been reconciled to Christ, amen. And reconciled, right? When looking at that word, reconciled uh, means we are restored, right? We, are, we have been restored to Christ. We have been reconsecrated. So something that was once holy, right? We go back to, to Genesis and the fall of man, it was once holy. And now through the, the ministry of reconciliation, we have been reconsecrated. In verse 20, it says, We are ambassadors for Christ, and there's a lot of of weight and, and um, just a, a privilege to to see, to, to have that title. As I'm reading through this, and I think this is the, the first part that we really need to grasp and understand, and uh, the songs, I think we're pointing to this, Diana was pointing to this, I had to ask myself, all this truth that Paul is speaking about people that are in Christ, do we believe these things about ourselves? So do we believe that we are a new creation? Do we believe that the old has passed away? Do we believe that we have been reconciled and restored to Christ? Do we believe that we are ambassadors for Christ? See, a lot of times I think it's easy to, or maybe it's not easy, but I think a lot of times it's, it can be easy to say, yes, the Lord has forgiven me. But then when we start, like Deanna was saying, when we start thinking about our past and we start thinking about what we've gone through or what we're going through, even though we can believe we've been forgiven, we haven't necessarily believed that we are being made new. We don't necessarily believe that the old has passed away, that we have been reconciled to Christ. And I think what's interesting about this is that a lot of times what we believe about ourselves really has nothing to do with us but it has everything to do with what we believe about God. I'm going to say that one more time. What we believe about ourselves usually has nothing to do with our past or what we believe about or, or with our past, but it has everything to do with our view of God. Uh, A.W. Tozer in his book, The Knowledge of the Holy, he says, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. And that speaks to what the point I'm trying to make, that a lot of times while we don't believe that we have been reconciled, while we don't believe that we are a new creation, I think what uh, Tozer is saying that that has to do with how do we see God and what do we believe about our, our savior and our reconciler. So how do we fix this, right? So we believe we've been forgiven, but maybe we don't necessarily haven't taken the next step to say, yes, we are ambassadors for Christ. Yes, we're being made new. You know, statistically speaking, and, and um, so thankful for Adam, Adam Bechtel shared, one of our elders, he shared on mental health, and he shared you know, on the stigmas behind mental health and, and how, I think we've really been looking at it all wrong, and especially as, as believers. But statistically speaking, right, in this church, in our communities, you know, I'm a teacher in, in, in my classroom, we are surrounded by people that have a broken past, right? And I know we're all broken, but, you know, we're surrounded by people that, have, that are uh, going through mental health crises, that have come from broken families. That, um, you know, the numbers in regards to, just making sure, kids, In the numbers in regards to um, women and men that have experienced, you know, sexual assault or and those types of trauma, the numbers are staggering. So the truth is that that is all around us, and statistically speaking, we might be sitting next to someone who has gone through that or gone through uh, broken homes, broken families, so it's easy for us to think that yes, we've been forgiven, but our past is muddled with so much stuff that we, maybe we can't really accept the fact that we are being made new. So how do we fix this? I think we can go back to scripture, and hopefully we're always going back to scripture, right, when we wanna fix something, um, going back to Jesus. But in 2 Corinthians 3, so we're gonna go back two chapters, verses six through 18, and I don't think I added that on there, so I apologize, you can just stay on the slide. But it says, but when one turns to the Lord, and Diana was talking about this as well, right? Turning to the miracle maker. The veil is removed. Now the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord. Who is the Spirit? Again, let's keep in in, in the um, let's keep the context in the background. Right, Paul is talking to people that have insulted him, that have called him crazy, that have questioned his uh, his his salvation because he's going through so much. Right, like there's no way that you've been you know saved by Christ or Christ is in you. Look at everything you're going through, and we're speaking through that too. I think a lot we we confuse. And we confuse um, good good things, situations. Thank you, Sami. I appreciate you. We confuse the good things happening in our lives with it must mean that everything's going well, right? Or, or we think that, you know, if things are going bad, then something's got to be wrong. You know, your relationship with, with Christ is is not okay. But that's not the truth. And if you don't believe that, right, look at, look at the story of Paul. You know, I, I'm a... In my class, we get to teach on the ancient Israelites, so I'm going back and doing all the the Bible stories. But go back into Scripture and look at the stories of Joseph, of Moses, right? People were, things were not going right, but the Lord was still with them. But I think the answer to fix this problem that we have where we don't believe that we're being made new, where we don't believe that the old has passed away, where we can't possibly believe that the Lord has chosen us to be ambassadors of Christ can be found in 2 Corinthians 3, 16 through 18. He says, turn to the Lord. So we turn to the Lord and look at scripture. When we look at scripture, when people turn to the Lord and they see the glory of God, everything changes In Isaiah 6, you know, I I talked about that in one of my previous sermons. Everything changed after he was in the presence of God. He was confronted with the glory of God and then confronted with with the inadequacies of his own life and everything was changed. Going back, you know, when Moses experienced the glory of God, uh, you know, as he came across the burning bush or when he was in Mount Sinai, everything changed. So what we do is we turn to the Lord and it says, we behold the glory of God. We behold the glory of God, right? Because they say we become what we behold. So if we behold the glory of God, we can begin to be transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. It's a process. Now I was talking with, with uh, Jeremy, I think it was last week, and we were talking about like how difficult the process could be, but the process is so necessary because we're being transformed through the process. We're learning through the process. God is with us in the process. So from one degree of glory to another, we're being transformed into the image of God. So we turn to the Lord. We behold the glory of God. And this means we seek him. We look to scripture, right? How do we behold God? We look at his living word. How do we behold the glory of God? I think we we engage in community. When we're coming here, right, and Mario shared about this, like what kind of people worship here? Are we people filled with the Holy Spirit? Are we people filled with the love and mercy of God so that when we engage in community, people are beholding Christ in us? And I wanna go back to Paul in the beginning where I said he's speaking truth. I think another way we could begin to address this problem is to ask ourselves, are we speaking truth over others? Uh, Malise and her small group, woo-woo, uh, they were going the, over the book of Jude, and in the beginning of Jude, right, Jude is, is saying you are, you are loved, you are, tell me again, called, and you are kept, yes, awesome. You are loved, you are called, you are kept. Paul here is saying, right, that you are a new creation, the old has passed away. And you look at these books, and it always starts with a greeting, and he's, they're speaking truth over these people. And Paul's speaking truth over these people that are in rebellion against him. But are we doing that? When we see each other on Sundays, when we see each other in small group, when we run into each other, it's a small town, I love Tallahassee for that, when we run into each other um, in the store, when we're hanging out at each other's houses, are we speaking that truth over each other? Well, a lot of times we just assume, you know, they're good. They don't, they don't need to be reminded that they are made new. We don't, they don't need to be reminded that they are kept, that they are beloved. And another part of that is someone speaking that over you. Are you speaking that truth over someone's life and do you have people in your life that are speaking that over you? Parents, are we speaking that over our kids? Husbands, are we speaking truth over our wives? Are we speaking truth over our friends, over our parents, over our pastor? Are we reminding him that he is being made new, that he is being restored? So if someone hasn't said this to you um, in a while or at all, let me be the first one to say that you are being made new in Christ. The old has passed away. What, what, what you thought might have defined you in the past, the hurt, the pain, uh, Dr. Diane Lamberg, she says, she says trauma is a new mission field. She says, trauma is a new mission field. So we're surrounded with people, we might be that person who have experienced a trauma and we need people in our lives to speak into that and say you are being made new. So I wanna tell you today what you've gone through, you are being made new. You have been reconciled to Christ. He has called you to be an ambassador of his reconciliation. So do we truly believe we are reconciled? Because if we don't get this part, then we can't move on to the next one. And I think that's why Paul started with this first. So let me encourage you, if you're struggling with that, turn to the Lord. Behold his glory. Speak life over others. Have people speak life over you, because you are being made new. We all have a story, and some stories are... Let's say more adventurous than others, some not so much, but regardless of the story, the glory of God remains the same. Regardless of the story, we are being reconciled and we're being reconciled for a purpose. And I think a great way to see if we truly believe that we are reconciled is how do we see others? If I truly believe that I'm reconciled, then that needs to change the way I see people around me. That needs to change the way that I interact with people. And if we go back to verse 16, he says, from now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh. We regard no one according to the worldly views, to to the standards of the world, and Paul saying, I once regarded Christ according to the flesh. And when he was looking at Christ and followers of Christ through the lens of the world, that led him to so much anger and hatred that he was persecuting Christians, he was killing people. But once he was reconciled to Christ, it changed everything. Right? Go, to the, uh, go back to the um, the story of his conversion, right? He could not see, and then the Lord eventually gave him eyes to see and it changed the way he saw people. So if we believe that we've been reconciled to Christ, then it needs to change the way we see people. When we interact with people that are different than us, when we interact with people that have hurt us, when we interact with people that we might not like, when we interact with people that are coming from broken homes and and traumatic situations and, and, and they're lashing out, do we see them through the lens of reconciliation? If we don't, then they're not the problem. We need to turn to the Lord, we need to behold the glory of God. Because I truly believe if we cannot see ourselves as being made new, being reconciled in Christ, then how are we going to be bringers of the good news? How are we going to to walk into our jobs, into our families, and be good news people, as our pastor likes to say? and I live this all the time, right? Julie lives this all the time. We all live this all the time. When you're in a classroom, and again, the statistics are heartbreaking. The kids at 11 years old that have experienced things that people do not experience in an entire lifetime or two. When I do not see them through the lens of reconciliation, when I do not believe that they are being made new in Christ and can be made new in Christ, then I'm not a bringer of good news. I'm a bringer of judgment, I'm a bringer of anger, maybe even hatred. You see, in verse 19, he challenges us. In verse 19, he says, that is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting us the message of reconciliation. I think what he's saying here is that our salvation, our reconciliation is not for us. Our salvation and our reconciliation is not just for us. And I feel that a lot of times we miss that. We make our salvation, we make our reconciliation very individual. I have been saved, I have been reconciled, I have been made new, but it's just me. You know, someone else will will take care of that. Or being selfish. And in verse 19, he's saying that you've been reconciled so that then you can go be ministers of reconciliation. Loose paraphrase there, I'm sorry. We have been entrusted with the ministry of reconciliation, and what an honor that is. I remember my parents first entrusted me with the keys to the car. And how, how privileged I felt and how awesome it is. But what more of a privilege it is to be entrusted with the ministry of reconciliation. But we can't believe that if we first don't believe that God is making us new and making those around us new. And I'm going to say it again, God is making you new. And that's what Diana was saying, God is making you new. You have gone through some bad stuff. God is making you new. God is reconciling. He's restoring you. Look to the Lord, and he'll show you that he is. And we get the title, we're called to be ambassadors to Christ. And this is like, if you're familiar with Chi Alpha, this is where, where Chi Alpha is not a fraternity. Chi Alpha, Christ ambassadors. So we are we're called to be ambassadors to Christ. And what a weight that is, right? We are representing the living God. And what does this mean? I, you know, to, to those of you sitting here, I can say, look to Scripture, right? Seek Lord in Scripture and those of you at home, I haven't forgotten about you, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, those of you at home, I can say look to Scripture, but to our coworkers, to my students, I can't, I, you know, I can't necessarily say look to Scripture, I can't say behold God in Scripture. So as ambassadors of Christ, that means that the only time they might be beholding Christ is when they see Christ in us. That's heavy, and that's hard. And a lot of times we don't want to be around people or we don't want to share our faith because then we have this responsibility of I'm an ambassador to Christ and if I mess up, then I'm not representing the Lord. And we do mess up. And people have been, you know, the the amount of, of spiritual trauma that people have gone through because of bad experiences that they've had with people proclaiming the name of Jesus is just... It's rampant, so I get it. There's a holy fear there. But when we see that we've been made new, that it's a process that we're being made new, we can understand that we're not going to be perfect. The Lord isn't calling us to be perfect. So I was thinking it's important that when we fail to be like Jesus... When we fail to be like Jesus, we have no choice, but we must succeed in humbling ourselves in repentance. So when we fail to be like Jesus, when we fail to be the ambassador that represents the Lord well, because we're going to fail, we cannot fail in humbling ourselves in repentance. And I'm talking about true repentance, and uh, I've had to learn this, right? I was the type of person that, and I still am a lot of times, I just says, I'm sorry. Or I say, I'm sorry to kind of just get it over with. Um, but the Lord blessed me with an amazing an amazing wife who loves Jesus and who's not afraid to, to speak into my life. And I've had to learn that when I apologize, right, when I repent, because I've messed up, right, it started with, well, what are you sorry for? And the first couple of times I was like, uh, no one's ever asked me this. I think this is just the right time to say sorry. But I wasn't truly repenting, right? I was just trying to get over it, get to the next thing, finish our TV show. I'll never forget um, going through this with Melise me, and learning and falling and learning, and thank you for your, for your grace. Uh, then having to do that outside. And I don't say this to, to brag or anything, I'm more embarrassed about it, but um, I remember just losing it in my classroom. Just, oh man, I'd had enough, I wasn't seeing people through, I wasn't seeing my students through the lens of reconciliation. I know some of you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and I remember the first time I apologized to my class And it was hard, oh, it was so hard. And I asked them to forgive me because I did not, I did not respect them the way they should be respected. I did not show them the honor that they deserve and their reaction to that. I mean, 11-year-olds, they couldn't believe that a teacher had asked for forgiveness. But in that moment, I failed to be like Jesus, and I had to, I had to, I had to, as an ambassador of Christ of letting them see what the Lord is doing in me and making me new. I had to humble myself through repentance. So as I begin to wrap up here, and I actually mean that, it starts first in our hearts. Are we being made new? Do we believe that the old has passed away? Do we believe that we're being reconciled to Christ? Do we believe that he's entrusted us with the ministry of reconciliation? It's easy to say there's no way, right? Moses said, it. he goes, oh Lord, there's no way. I killed a man, I betrayed my people. There's no way I can be the one you're calling. But God saw him. He says, it's not about you. He goes, I am. I loved when, when Lavella shared that, about I saw you. A story of, of uh, Abraham. Abraham and, and Hagar, if you familiar? Um, when he took matters into his own hands and, you know, we could assume that he, it, it was not consensual what happened between him and Hagar, and she was wandering in the wilderness and we were talking about this, Diana was, and the Lord came before her and he, just, he says, I see you, I see you. God sees us. He sees our past. And she, and she then says to him, you are the God that sees me. And that's reconciliation, right? He sees us. He sees us in our pain. He sees us in our brokenness. So when we believe that, we're then challenged to see other people that way, people that don't think the way we do, people that don't live lives the way we do, people that live lives very differently than the way we do. We need to see them as being made new, because if the Lord can do it in us, he can do it in them. And when we're in community, right, and we're sharing those stories um, I, I'm very grateful for Austin and Cassidy because they get it and we're blessed by it. We're better because of it. And whenever you, hear a ch- whenever you get a chance to talk to them, the, the story of reconciliation in their lives, it just, it just comes out. And they've dedicated their lives to helping reconcile others and, and other people that were the world standards. When we see them by... The, by, by um, the standards of the world like I said in verse 16 people don't see them as having value people don't see them as as being worthy of being made new being reconciled but what a blessing it is that Austin and Cassidy do see that so to finish here and kind of wrap up I said that again I think if there's anything I can leave you with I think we should turn to the Lord Be reconciled to Christ and then let's see others through the lens of reconciliation. So I'm going to say it again, turn to the Lord, be reconciled to Christ, and let's begin to see others through the lens of reconciliation. Lord, we just thank you so much, Father, because you are making things new, Lord, and the song was singing that, Lord, that we are coming alive in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that you see us, Father. You see us, Lord, and and you see all of us, and still you you have called us into reconciliation, Father. And I pray that truth over everyone in here, Lord Jesus, that they may see that in their lives, that you've forgiven us and you are making us new and that you've called us, Lord, to be ambassadors of your word and of your love to those around us that that may lead us into humility, Father God, that we may abound in empathy, Lord Jesus, so that we can see people the way you see them, Father God, that we can sit with them in the messes of life, Lord Jesus, and not bring in judgment, Lord, but bring in love and peace and bringing those things that you've brought to us, Father God, because our salvation and our healing isn't just for us, Lord. It's for others, it's for your kingdom, it's for your purpose, Father God. Lord, uh, all morning you've been telling us that you're making things new, Lord. Help us to believe that, Father. Lord, thank you for this time together. Thank you for the privilege to be in your presence, to be here with brothers and sisters in Christ from every walk of life, Lord. And thank you for their stories of reconciliation. Thank you for their stories of healing, Father. And help us, Lord, to go out to put on the lens of reconciliation, to see people how you see them, to not see them through worldly eyes, Father God, but to see them as our brothers and sisters, Lord, to see them as imagers of God who you can and will make new, Lord Jesus, for your glory, Father. We thank you for this time together. It's in your holy name we pray, amen. We want to thank you for listening. We pray that you were blessed and encouraged. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to this podcast and listen whenever you like. To find out more about Mosaic Church, please visit www.MosaicChurchTLH.com.